0: All right, so before we get started, I just wanted to say one thing, which is... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just messing with us. we got to make sure that that's actually on the tape. All right. Hey, everyone. Kyle Rizdahl. Welcome back to Make Me Smart. Today is Thursday, the 23rd of March. Making the day make sense. Oh, I stole your line. I'm sorry. Here uh, I am thinking I'm being like a full That's okay. host. I thought... Oh my well, Lord. I thought
1: that you were doing your PM line since, you know, you're so used no. to doing the, the yeah, date right. at the top. Uh, yes. <laughs> anyway, right. it is Thursday and I'm Kimberly Adams. Thank you for joining us. And today we are going to do the basic stuff. We're going to unpack some news of the day and then get smiley by the end. And uh, let us get to it. Kai, why don't you go first? What?
0: So there was a hearing today uh, <laughs> up on Capitol Hill uh, with the CEO of TikTok, um, which is, as we have talked about on this podcast, in the crosshairs for a whole lot of reasons. The reason I bring that up is not to point out that as a news item, because it has been everywhere, rightly so, because it's a big deal, but to point out that during that hearing, the Treasury Department, specifically the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, which is abbreviated or or, or summarized or uh, acronymized as CFIUS, um, mm-hmm put out a statement, unbidden, unprompted, uh, unanything. anything It just, oh, by the way, we're going to put out this statement that says, we take data privacy very seriously, we don't mess around with this, and we will take all appropriate actions necessary to ensure data privacy in this economy. Now, CFIUS is the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, as I said, which reviews all the big would-be deals and mergers and investments and everything in the United States. It's very far-reaching, a little bit secretive, um, and it's a very big deal for this committee in the middle of this hearing to have said, oh, yeah, nothing to see here, but we're keeping an eye on privacy. It's It was really interesting, I thought.
1: Watching that hearing and listening to the members of, you know, con- well, the senators talk mm-hmm. and it was the Senate, wasn't
0: it? Yes. It was. No, I was just going to say it was the House. It was, yeah. it was the
1: House. It was the House today. Yes, God. Uh,
0: right.
1: All those rooms look the same. Um, uh, yeah. Watching that hearing and Just in general, watching how the federal government is dealing with TikTok, you have to wonder what they have that they're not sharing, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because they are so adamant that this is a problem. And, you know, as our guest the other Tuesday said, you know, we don't have any evidence that TikTok is sharing information. We don't have any evidence. But everyone across the government Seems very very sure, and I yeah. I was watching a bit of the hearing today, and one of the Republicans, after yelling at uh, the CEO of TikTok, was like, you know, I hope you're enjoying your time at the most bipartisan committee in Congress or most <laughs> bipartisan <laughs> hearing in Congress.
0: That's pretty good. That's and that's and it's funny. like,
1: yeah, there's got to be something going down at the private briefings that has everyone very very concerned. Um, there so has to I just, be. I, I was. Find,
0: Total, totally agree. Totally agree. I was, I was flipping through the channels on the TV in my office today, and I came across Mark Warner, the chairman of the Senate the Senate Intelligence Committee on Fox News, and the snippet mm-hmm. that I heard was him saying, yes, we want to declassify as much as we can so everybody can understand what's going on. So yeah. more to come. Like, more to come. It's basically
1: like if you knew what, what we knew, right, you would right, not right, want right, TikTok right. on your totally. phone either. Totally,
0: totally, totally. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the house members, I think it was Crenshaw, uh, said today that you know, in response to you know all the kids being like, "We, you're just trying to ruin our fun," and he's like, "I know. It seems like we're just trying to come after your favorite app, but you may not care about your privacy now, but you might care about it later.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. Like
1: it doesn't sure. matter There's until you're kind of- applying for a job and something comes up. Anyway." I uh, listened with great interest to your uh, interview today about uh, the chatbots on the evening show. And as I was listening to it and thinking, because I was also looking earlier today at a couple of rundowns of just what chat GPT can do well at this point and what it can't. And because I'm an epic nerd, one of my (laughs) favorite spots on the Internet to go. It's regulations.gov to look at oh public Lord. comments.
0: Oh, my I know. Lord I know. You. It's oh. really sad. And you, you're it's saying really you understand sad. that we're recording this, right? I mean, people I are going to hear I you say know. that. It's, it's okay. okay. Right. I,
1: I, I know myself, and I love myself, and I'm okay with who the I go. am. There you go. Anyway. Regulations.gov, which is where you can go to submit public comment on regulations as they're in development or in proposal or once they've written a draft and they want to see what the public thinks about it, it's a big site for government transparency, and anybody can submit a public comment. This site already has a problem with sort of mass commenting, where someone will create like an online form, send it out to all the members of, say, an advocacy group and be like, Fill out this form and we'll submit the comment for you, which ends up kind of spamming the system with a lot of comments that look the same on big pieces of regulation that are moving through. That's already an issue. And I was like, Mm. man, what is ChatGPT going to do to regulations and the regulatory process and and public comments? Because if I'm in, you know, lobbying group or an advocacy group – It's going to be real tempting to just tell ChatGPT, hey, submit 5,000 comments telling different stories about how such and such affected me, and that could shape our laws. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no. So some people have already started looking at this. There's a researcher at George Washington University who had a paper out or commentary out in January with the title, Will Chat GPT Break Notice and Comment for Regulations? So people are already thinking about this. I have to imagine that the federal government is thinking about this and worrying about it. So it Mm -hmm. will be very fascinating to see how they figure out a way to respond to this.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, that's one of them. Uh, the okay. other one was just something that kind of made me chuckle a little bit. So we reported at great length on SPACs at Marketplace over mm-hmm. the last couple of years, which are special – oh, God, what did that even stand for? Special – help me, Kai –
0: Oh, special purpose acquisition corporation or company. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank Sorry. you. Okay. So, it was basically this thing where you'd create a shell company and, you know, you could list it on the stock market and, you know, put whatever you wanted into it. It was a way to very quickly bring private companies to the public market without as much oversight, right? And they were very popular for a bit until they weren't anymore for a variety of reasons. However, one of them kind of fell apart. At the last minute, and it was called Colonnade Acquisition Corp. And it was supposed to be, you know, this umbrella for whatever companies it was going to buy up and list on the stock exchange. Anyway, it didn't work. They never acquired anything. <laughs> and so yeah. slowly but surely, this this company has fallen apart, and they have decided to not pay their lawyers.
0: Oh, which... man. <laughs> wow.
1: Because they're arguing that since they never acquired anything and didn't have any mergers or acquisitions, that they shouldn't have to pay their years of legal fees, Uh, Hmm. even though they had this big IPO where they raised like $300 million and they've been winding things down. And, you know, what happens when you don't pay lawyers is that they sue you.
0: usually have
1: a <laughs> whole lot of documents. So now this law firm is uh suing the company and said that they are owed fees an upwards of 8 million dollars. I just thought it was so, such a perfect bow tie on the end of the Completely. SPAC trend Completely. of you know now they're not paying their legal fees because they just don't feel Completely. like it. Wow. Oh
0: man. That's great. Anyway,
1: yeah it, it is yeah, a yeah, perfect yeah. it
0: is a perfect bow on the end of the spec it's mania of a year ago mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh all right uh i'll go first just because um, I Go found ahead. this article in the Washington Post today that brought me back a sense of nostalgia like I can't even tell you. And clearly it worked for one Kimberly Adams as well. <laughs> because when I sat down in the shed today and put my headphones on, what did I hear but Kimberly Adams singing wow, the blockbuster what jingle? what a
1: difference, blockbuster video. <laughs>
0: Amazing. Amazing. Um, So the post has an article today, the headline of which is the Internet rediscovered Blockbuster's website. Press play on nostalgia. We should say that there is no indication that Blockbuster is coming back to life. Um, it is down uh, to nine thousand down from rather nine thousand stores to one in Bend, Oregon. But it does have a website, blockbuster.com. It is alive, and it says we are rewinding. We are working on rewinding your movie now. Apparently, a lot of people think that means the blockbuster is coming back, and the sense of nostalgia really is is kind of real because I remember. Well, number one, when I was growing up. But number two, when I had my kids and they were little and I was desperate for something to do with them on a Friday night, we would go to Blockbuster and wander up and down the aisles for a good, you know, half hour, 40 minutes while they picked a movie or do a piece. Um, And it was amazing. And it was, you know, Netflix before Netflix was this thing that just showed up in your house. It was cool. It was cool. Anyway, I love that little article.
1: That was fun. That was fun. And clearly it's like uh, the nostalgia things are just enjoyable sometimes. Yeah, totally. Depending on. Totally. Anyway. Um, Mine is the same it was last year, which is peak bloom, peak bloom, peak bloom. (laughs) Cherry blossoms are in peak bloom here in D.C., which is wonderful for the visuals. It is terrible for my allergies, but uh, Um, I have definitely enjoyed uh, looking at the cherry blossoms. They look beautiful. There's a live stream online if you want to see them. And that is all. That is what made me smile. Flowers.
0: Flowers. They're supposed to be beautiful. But if you're a native Washingtonian, stay away because it's pandemonium. That's all I'm saying.
1: America. You know, weekdays, no? if you're a native oh, Washingtonian, yeah, yeah. can are, yeah. are you know not so bad. But fair enough. Uh, this fair weekend, enough. it's going to be a nightmare, absolute
0: nightmare, <laughs> absolute nightmare. All right, uh, and on that, we go out. We're done. Uh, back tomorrow for Economics on Tap, six thirty Eastern, three thirty Pacific. We'll do some drinks, news, uh, and a round of half full, half empty.
1: Yes, and in the meantime, we are taking voicemails at five hundred eight UV smart and voice memos at Mark. Is it Marketplace I, I can explain what those dot? are
0: now if people are curious. No, it's Make, me, it? smart Make at me Smart. Make Me Smart, yeah. Yes. At
1: Make Me Smart at Marketplace.org. Anyway, that's Any what
0: I'm saying. You. Make those Me Smart, which is the podcast you are listening to, is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's episode was engineered by J C Bold. Our intern is Antonio Barreras.
1: Ellen Rolfus writes our newsletter. Marissa Cabrera is our acting senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital. Boom. Boom. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural